Well, good morning. One more time, Victory Midtown. Are y'all glad to be in church this morning? Come on. Those who are watching online with us, we are so glad that you decided to join us today. Listen, we are going to continue this family-ish series, but I want to give you a quick update. Um, Many of you know that we are just this close to moving in our new building, and things are coming along well. The progress is happening. Uh, Some of the serving teams have actually even already been there through the building to be able to see all the progress, and we all are excited. And so I just want to let you know that we were initially thinking that we would be in the building possibly next week, but I wanted to, to let you know next week we will definitely be here. Somebody say here. We'll be here, and then we want you to make sure that you are tied into the tech solution, tied into the email list, because it literally can change overnight. And so what we're doing, if you know anything about uh, commercial real estate, what you know is that after you do all the work, now the permits have to be signed. Now the fire marshal has to give you the okay. And so what we want to do is we want to ask you to partner with us in prayer. Somebody say pray. Prayer. Partner with us in prayer that when they come in to do the final inspections even next week, that it will be done, it will be so, and we will be able to text you and say, hey, y'all, we're meeting at our new home. We're meeting at our new home. So we're excited about that, and uh, we just want to make sure you're able to get those updates. So here's the thing. As we continue in this family series, Kendra and I are so excited to have the opportunity, anytime we get a chance to minister together, to operate together in this fashion, we are excited about it. And today, we're going to actually do something a little bit different than we've done for the whole panel, for the whole uh, series. We're going to be doing a panel today. And I want to just kind of cast vision a little bit for what we are going to be doing. On last week, how many people by a show of hands, you were here last week? A lot of hands, a lot of hands. If you were not here last week, or even if you missed any of the messages in the series, I want to encourage you to get the message. Go on our podcast, go on our YouTube page, and listen to the message. Because last week, I ministered a message called Fighting for Your Family. Fighting for Your Family. And today, it's really going to kind of build from that place. And In fighting for our family, what we said is that we referred to the scripture in 1 Samuel 17 where David showed up on the scene after Goliath was actually running all over the people of Israel and he was actually looking down upon them and he was taunting them for about 40 days. He showed up on the scene and said, hold on, why are y'all letting this giant or this, this Philistine actually take hold of you? Why are you actually being subject to that? He said, is there not a cause And what he meant by that, he said, is there not a cause that's worth fighting for? Is there not a cause that we will actually make sure that we are affirming the power of God through us? And today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about this subject called parenting on purpose. Parenting on purpose. And what I'm excited about as we talk about this today is that when we learn about the story of David, he was around 15 years old. And in being 15 years old, he still showed up in the strength of the Lord. He showed up understanding that he didn't have to wait till he got older. There's no such thing, and we say this today in all of our Victory Youth and Victory Kids, there's no junior Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is not waiting for you to get a certain age before he kicks in. He's saying, I want you to tap in, and I want you to take hold because I have purpose and destiny for you. So I want to read this scripture to us because it's going to be a launching pad for us today as we talk about parenting on purpose. And you may be even hearing me say this and like, well, I'm not a parent. So is this for me? Yes, this is for you. If you're a single, this is for you. If you are a parent of someone who's come through your home and you raise them to adulthood, this is for you. Because watch this, write this statement down, write this statement down. And all that we do, you will either teach what you've been tested on or you'll be tested on what you've been taught. 
You'll either teach what you've been tested on, or you'll be tested on what you've been taught. And the reason I'm bringing that to bear is because in this time, while you might not think this may be relevant to you, we want you to put this in your pocket. We want you to put this in your quiver because you will need it. And one of the other great things I love about our church is that we're not here to preach selfish messages. What do I mean by that? We're not just talking about the felt need. Give, give me my word. Give me my song. There are times we need to come together as the family of believers, the oikos, to understand that every Sunday I'm gaining something for me to come together as a community as we move forward in discipleship. Amen? So here's a scripture that I want to read to launch us off. Psalm 127. Verse 3a, and then I'm going to go to verse 5. It says this, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. I love that. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. And so as we talk today, we want to just posture our hearts, posture our minds, that we're not looking to be reactive in the state of parenting. We're looking to be proactive, meaning that we're going to get ahead of the curve as people are growing. Because again, if you don't even have kids, you have an opportunity to be one who continues to rear those children that are in this community in the things of the Lord. Amen? So here it is. As we get ready to jump into this, we're going to invite some friends up. And as, as we do that, can we just give them a hand? Um, Kendra's going to invite them up now. Gary and Debbie Price, would you please join us in Mo 2? Come on up to the stage. I want to give you a little bit of background on our guests today. They're all people that we would call friends. Um, Debbie and Gary Price, they are longstanding members of Victory Church. Uh, when we joined Victory in 2018, we became a part of their small groups uh, sh shortly thereafter. So we've done life together with Debbie and Gary. They are the parents of four boys. Uh, their oldest son, Carter Price, he and his wife, Kendall, served very faithfully here at Midtown for a few years until the Lord called them to Reno um, about six to eight months ago. And so Debbie and Gary have what we call the seated wisdom. Um, they've done this over and over again. So they're going to speak to us from two perspectives, what it was to raise young boys, but now what it's like to raise four adult men. And then Mo Two, as I affectionately call him, because you guys know we got Pastor Mo, then we have Mo Two over here. Mo is also a faithful servant of Victory Midtown. In particular, you always see him in Victory Kids. He's a father of a daughter. Her name is Emma. She's a very shy but precocious six-year-old. Six and if you've seen Mo at Vic Fit or if you see him on social media, you know Mo is all about that fit life. You know that about him all day, every day. Um, give it up for the vegan in the house as well. So let's uh, have a round of applause for our friends today. What we want to do is we want to kick us off with a rapid fire 30 second ask and simply this and Mo I'll start with you. What's the best thing about being a parent and what's a challenging thing about being a parent? Uh, the best thing about being a parent is uh, just be able to teach. Um, I was like saying in the first service like uh, just remember uh, last year during the COVID season was when Emma started to learn how to ride a bike and to be able to see her like do it on her own now and like being really good about doing it just to be able to like teach her something and then to see your child doing it after that you know it's like brings great pride like yeah I, I showed her how to do something right and, like I guess one of the hardest things would be like am I making sure that I'm doing the right thing for her right like 
am I showing her the right things? Am I doing the right things? Am I living the right way for her? And that's always a part of me where like, I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing for her for uh, years to come. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally understand that. Debbie, what about you? Well, I'll start with the best thing. The best thing is seeing my boys grow up and go on with God. Um, our goal always to, was to raise them in the ways of the Lord and watch them prosper in his call on their life. Um, and I would say just quickly that one of the things that we held on to deeply was that the boys were not taught that you could be anything you want to be. That's the message of the world. The message of God is that he's created us each uniquely with a specific purpose, specific giftings for that purpose. So it's a raising them up. Thanks. It's a raising them up in the way that they should go and mining out the call of God on them that's very specific to who they are. The hardest part of parenting, for sure, at all ages, is not being the Holy Spirit for them. I have wanted so bad since the time they were little bitty, you know, you just want to spank it out of them. And I still want to. <laughs> at, at, in their 20s now, I still want to be able to control them and keep them from the hard things of life. I want to put them on the path. Well, you know, that's the Holy Spirit's job. And it's a challenge not to be the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Gary, what about you? Sure. Um, one of the things that was my great joy was being able to bless my boys with things. I know I was, uh, I'm the consummate Amazon shopper. So I would, uh, you know, if I, they needed something or if I thought they needed something, I was always looking out. So I, that was fun for me. And then um, I think the hardest thing is letting them go. Um, you know, letting them be the men they were that we tried to raise them to be, but that God wants them to be. And, you know, so I try to just remember I'm blowing wind under their wings and letting them go. Wow, that's so awesome. Mo, what about you? Well, three months in and just a couple of days. Um, learned a lot. You know, uh, one of the, my favorite things, one of the best things is really to look at our son in his face and start to see him developing and growing and seeing the different features that he has of mine and Kendra's. And when he makes that smile at me, even when I'm dead tired, I just get all the energy in the world when he's smiling big at me. And what I would say right now is uh, the most challenging thing, kind of to what Mo too said, um, you know, he basically said, like, listen, am I doing the right thing? Because we want to make sure we steward the gift of God very well. And so even in all the books you can read, all the things you can hear, you want to make sure that you are going to Holy Spirit to say, Lord, let me raise my child in a way that he should go for the specific purpose that he has for him. So that's for me. Amen. And I'd, I'd say for me, the, um, the best thing is just answered prayer, right? Um, you all, some of you have been on this journey with us. Uh, we had believed God for a child when we were dating. We had our names already. I'm not saying do that if you're dating, um, but we did. And um, again, holding on to the name Maximus for almost a decade and now watching this little boy with so much personality, so much life, and even things of the spirit um, already manifesting in him is the best thing. And honestly, one of the um, challenging things right now, if I could be very honest, is leaving him. Um, as you all know, I'm a pastor and I'm also an associate provost at a university. So there are days um, where, you know, I'm, I'm away from him. Um, shout out to my sister who's watching him at home right now. Hey, Maximus, he's watching. Um, but, but it's hard. Like, so the first day of childcare, I cried. I mean, cried, like in a way that I didn't think I would cry. You know, you hear people say, you're going to cry. And I'm like, I'm good. You know, I'm rational. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Security thought something was wrong with me. They thought Mo had done something because, like, they were like, 
Come over here, baby. It's okay. It's going to be all right. Um, so leaving him right now sometimes can be hard, but I understand that God has called us to um, the workplace and the marketplace as well, right? So shout out to all the, the moms that get to stay at home and raise your children, but shout out to all the working moms who day in and day out and working dads um, who day in and day out um, entrust their children to someone else. Absolutely. And so as we jump into uh, our discussion today, uh, I want to let you know where this came from. We didn't just kind of pick some questions out of the air. What we did as the senior staff was we surveyed the Victory Congregation. And the questions that we're going to talk about today, they're like the top um, most recurring questions that we had that we want to try to just bring a little insight, bring a little wisdom to, and just echo some things as we had this conversation together as a family. And as we get ready to start in this first question, I want, to just, I want you to write this, this statement down because this is the underpinning of what we're going to be talking about today. The statement that we thought about is that we don't want to ask the question, am I raising my kids the right way? We want to ask the question, am I operating as the adult that I want my children to become? Am I operating today as the adult that I want my children to become? And the reason why that's so relevant is because even as we're in here right now, again, we have people at so many different ends of the spectrum on the parenting journey, Those, some of us who have not even started yet but desire it. This will give us perspective even to heal from some things that maybe our parents didn't get right. And as we're rearing and getting ready for that journey, we're able to say, okay, I'm going to do something a little different. I want to take this in. And again, I'm going to put this in my quiver for later. And so as we get into this, I want to read this scripture as we start this first question. The scripture is Romans 12, verse 10, that I'm going to drop down to verse 18. It says this, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Verse 18 says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So the first question for the panel, for first question for our friends up here, uh, is this. In even our experience, you know, just a few months in, we understand that we come from different backgrounds. We have different styles and how we think about things. We have the same core values, but some things are different. Where the Bible talks about being in unity, how have you found, I'll first start with the prices, how have you found uh, being in unity is important for your children to make sure that they're not kind of in the middle? You know, I remember when I was growing up, you know, you can always kind of find, well, mama will let me do this. Daddy might let me do this. How have y'all navigated that? And then we'll ask Mo uh, the same question. Well, just to be honest, we haven't done that well in me on many occasions. Uh, when the boys were young and we were disciplining them. Our styles were really different, and I think that this is often true, male and female, but I, I had a real hard time with the way that Gary was what I perceived to be too harsh on the boys. <laughs> I was softer, he was harder, and I think that where I landed with that, I had to take it first to the Lord, but I learned that his style needed to be his style. And just because it wasn't the way I wanted him to do it didn't mean that it was wrong. And I, I really had to come around to that. He used to say, listen, you are going to thank me later for this. If I can help these boys to grow up and get some of this stuff out, teach them right now, you will thank me later. He was right. 
But even now, our styles are different. With adult children, he's much more direct. I kind of bring it around the long way. They're like, <laughs> please quit preaching, Mom. But um, we've learned to respect each other in our own personalities and styles and let it, Dad be Dad and Mom be Mom. That's good. That's good. good. Gary, y'all can clap it up for us. Some of y'all said, I, I needed that. I needed to hear that. So, yeah, what Debbie said, I mean, that's, I did think she was going to thank me later. So, <laughs> But um, I, I think that we've tried to really work hard. Debbie will point out where I have some blind spots, and so we talk about those things. I think you've got to, you know, you've got to talk about your responsibility. So she would, you know, point those out to me, and sometimes I didn't think I was wrong, but, you know, I tried to, I've learned that sometimes <laughs> I have some weaknesses. And so that helped, but I think the the critical thing for me is that we just didn't take everything at face value, like the manipulation that you pointed out. Oh, mom will let me get away with this or dad. Yeah. We would always say, oh, mom told you that. Hey, mom, did you tell? You know, so we double checked each other. We had each other's back. That's good. That's good. Now, Mo, you know, being a single father, and, and one of the reasons why we specifically ask you, because a lot of times we hear things from and for single mothers, but very rarely do we get to actually see and hear from a single father. And we believe the principles can go both ways, but we wanted to just kind of hear from you, even with you co-parenting. Um, how have you been able to operate in, operate in unity, even if you're not in the same home? Yeah, I guess uh, just thinking about, like, from the first service, like, just giving each other like grace, right? Like the idea of like, we're not perfect, right? We're making this work together and just to, to have open lines of communication and just to be flexible with each other. Um, there's days where like I'll have her for a week and there's days where uh, her mom may have to have her for uh, less than a week. Like I'll have to come and get her uh, another day and just to be able to be open and, and being flexible around our time just to make sure that Emma's good, because we want to make sure that she's taken care of and she's there for each other. So yeah, just having a good line of uh, open communication. I mean, I thank God that we're able to do that, you know? So I know some situations where you just, you don't have those open lines of communication, but maybe just put those things behind you and just do it like, this is for our child, just making sure that she's taken care of. Absolutely. Thank you for that. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things we were talking about, and I've shared, uh, I grew up in a blended family. And I'm thankful that my parents on both sides, that they would be gracious enough to make sure that they put us first. And that even when one person had an opinion about something that was maybe different from the others, it's about the children. And so as we are looking through this, many of us have heard the horror stories and some of us have been a part of the horror stories when someone operated one way on this side and heavily on the other side. And so what we want to do is just encourage that as we're having an opportunity to do this, and even some of us in the room today, that you honor the other person, that you don't talk down about the other person, that you don't put your way against their way, but you see what's God's way and do what you can control. And so I just think that's so important. And I'm so happy that even as we had the opportunity to have lunch the other day, you were telling me about how you have to kind of have that, that, that swivel. You have to be very uh, quick on your feet to be able to be flexible as you both are navigating through that. So thank you so much for that. Absolutely. And as someone who grew up in a single parent home, one of the things that my mom shared with me that I took to heart, I think I was about 14. And um, what she said to me, she said, Kendra, whatever you did not like growing up or whatever you don't like that you see, she said, I challenge and encourage you to do it differently. And at 14, that can be a lot, right? Um, because at 14, you're bratty. 
Um, you, you see all the flaws, right? Um, but what I did is I took the good that my mom showed me and I kept it. And then things that I didn't understand or that I wanted to do better or differently, I've tried my best to do it differently and share that with so many others. Because again, I can't imagine even right now with a three-month-old doing it alone. I cannot imagine. So I just want to shout out all the single parent moms that are watching online, that are in this room, all the ladies and men in this room that were raised by a single parent. Let's give it up because they are doing a mammoth job. Amen. Amen. What we want to do is we want to ask a question. And the price is we want to lead it, to, uh, lead it out to you all first because, again, we know that right now, even as Mo um, kind of referenced a little bit, um, we're in crazy times. There, the world is, um, some would say, on fire. We've got COVID going on. We've got racial tensions going on. We've got wars and rumors of wars going on. Afghanistan, uh, the, the, the terrors in Haiti and the tragedies there. And, and one of the questions that a lot of the parents asked is that as my kids are being exposed to this, there's a heightened anxiety and depression. What I want to ask you to is how have you all helped your sons to navigate through times, through things? Things that are happening in the world that technically we didn't have any control over. And even as adults, if you see that rising up in them, how do you help them manage these times? Sure. Well, I think that there are a lot of, as Kendra said, there's all these things that if we took them all on, and some of us do, it's, it's just overwhelming. I mean, you can really, you know, fry your, your keyboard or your wires. Um, <laughs> But I think what I've tried to ask the Lord to help me and to show my kids, if you read in Proverbs 4, it talks about seeking wisdom. And so, okay, I'll go there and I'll look. What's the wisdom I need to have for all these things that are happening in the world and how do I communicate with my children and ask the Lord for wisdom? You go down through Proverbs 4 and it gets to a point that says, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it is the wellspring of life. And what the Lord spoke to me is that I could be really prone to be offensive or to be offended. And I have to guard my heart not to, to do that with all these things in the world because I can't change everything. One, you know, we have to just deal with what God puts in front of us to deal and ask him to guide our steps. And so the goal as I've been, as I've worked through some of these things with my boys growing up was to make sure that their peace and joy wasn't being robbed by things that were going on in our culture. Awesome. So, and the reality is, is that as much as we try to instill that concept of guarding hearts, we all have occasions where the world just gets on us, whether it be someone right in our home, something we see on the news, or even all the way up to the president. We can feel the weight, the burden, the offense, the hurt. It gets on us, and it's a cycle that we have to learn to uh, deal well with because it doesn't end. You know, in this world, you will have trouble. We are going to feel the things that are around us close and afar. And the way that we have tried to, to help our kids is by showing them that there's only so much encouragement that we can give. We can go this far, but God can completely heal. So I believe these challenges when our kids have been wounded have been opportunities for us to show them, point them to Jesus who can actually do something about that. So we've taken them through this through, since they were really little. I remember our hunter, he, uh, he's the youngest, he used to lament 
to God in prayer. And we'd laugh about it, but it was really good. He was, oh, you know, my brothers. <laughs> and just carry on and on and on. And, yeah, we all had a good, enjoyed it. I mean, it was fun to listen to him because he was doing what the Psalms teach us to do. David would lament to God. Things would get on him. And he was in pain and wounded, and he would cry out and we read that in the psalms but then at the end of the song at the end of almost every one of those psalms it was but god i trust in you so the process is to allow him our kids to recognize and it, this applies to us recognize the wounding but do the right thing with it lament to the lord acknowledge that it's real feel the pain but then forgive you actually have to lay these things at the foot of the cross. Let God have it. No matter where that wound came from, let him have it. And then there might even be repentance involved. But then I remember putting my hand on little Hunter's heart. I say, Lord, heal him. Don't let this carry over. You know, it's that concept of don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't let this carry over because what happens is it builds up. You know, the Lord's been dealing with me on the concept of love keeps no records of wrong. Don't keep the record. Let it go. You know, destroy those tapes in your mind and then re reprogram your thought life. You know, you have to take those thought captive, thoughts captive, and then we want the things to co that come out of our mouth to be life-giving, yeah. even to ourselves. That's so good. That's so good. Great practical wisdom. Y'all clap it up for that. I, I want to shift gears a little bit, um, Mo. So, like, they talked about the fact that they raised their kids, and their kids are adults now, and they're going through the tensions of what's going on in the world. You have a six-year-old uh, being raised in the age of technology and exposure. Uh, how do you protect her? How do you guide her? How do you handle that, being that she's so young and so uh, open to being able to be affected by these things? Uh, for me, at least uh, in, in my home, at least... I try not to keep a tablet around her uh, or none of the uh, shows that she watches on YouTube, like YouTube Kids and YouTube, I totally don't have that on, on the apps or like if she uses my phone, it's typically like a, a show that I know that it's age appropriate and it's like something that I know that's good for her, right? I try to keep her away from like, yeah, just YouTube because you don't know what's going to be popping up the next ad or the next thing or the next show because it auto plays on its own. Yeah. Not like I know, but I do know, but, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, just, just like that. And, and, you know, I try to keep her more engaged with me at home. I know there'd be times where I'll be cooking and you know, she'll have to watch a show, but I just make sure it's a show, not then like some person has in their own YouTube show, stuff like that. Like, I know she may want to watch like somebody's playing with somebody else's toys, but I'm like, no, I can't do that in my household. So. Well, one of the things you just said, you know, I th you said it, but you didn't say it is that even with YouTube kids, you still have to watch it. And I think that's the, the most important thing in what he said is, is to be aware of what your children are watching. Be aware of what's coming in through the ear gates and through the eye gates because we can make the assumption that because it's tagged for kids, that is good. And what we have to always remember, and it's something we just ran across the other day, um, we have to remember that the world system is conditioned to infiltrate with things that are outside of the kingdom system. And so even the other day, uh, somebody got us a book, and Kendra was reading it to Maximus, and she, she um, auto-edited it while she was reading the book to him because she saw something in there that was just something that they tried to just slide into the book. 
And she read the book outside of those pages, and the rest of that book is history because we understand, like, we're not playing with it. We're not playing with it. And so I really just want to say uh, to what you just said, we have to make sure that we guard our children. We can't leave them to the devices because they will be led to the devices of the enemy. And so I just want to encourage you, whether you have very small kids, I know sometimes it can be convenient to turn it on. Again, we are living this now. It can be convenient to say, hey, just, you know, kind of watch that right now. But we have to watch what they're watching. So that was so good. It was so good. Clap it up. So, Mo, specifically, this question is for you. I want to kind of hit you with this one. Um, when you've spoken to other single parents, what are some of the maybe common parenting challenges that you share? Again, because sometimes we don't necessarily deal with this. Sometimes we just kind of say, okay, parenting at large. But what are some of the challenges that you see as a single father that you would love to encourage somebody else and, and share that? Um, as a single father, uh, the challenges. Um some of the challenges that I have is just, uh, you know, I've, sometimes for me, I feel like I'm partly doing it alone sometimes. Uh, just knowing that when I have her, it's just me and her. And, like, you know, it would be nice to have an extra two hands or something, you know, to carry some other things. But um, just know that you're not truly alone. Know that God is there with you. And that's been my strength, how I was able to carry through doing this on by myself. Um, and then, you know, the, the transitioning back and forth from being like a, a dad and then Mo and then a dad and then Mo, just, just navigating that, that, that transition period. And then same with, um, with Emma, too, like during the whole COVID situation, transitioning her as well. Um, but, yeah, just, just know that God is there for you. He's going to watch over you. Just know that you're not alone. I know it's tough um, doing it um, as a single parent. But, yeah, I, I just make sure that my strength is through him. Absolutely. Um, one thing I just want to say as we get ready to transition and Kendra asks this next question is that Mo is sharing with us about how even being a single father, there is the, the real life thing of where you're by yourself, you know, when you don't have that kid with you. And sometimes, just like all of us, we can be tempted to kind of say, all right, I just need some relief. I just need to do this. And sometimes we can invite things that are unhealthy into our lives. And this is just what I want to say, you know, just in the atmosphere is that even when you don't have the children with you, they're still with you because everything you do will affect them. And sometimes we don't necessarily think about that next step about, okay, if I have an encounter with someone and my kids not, are not with me, what happens when they are with you and you see that person out and maybe you didn't handle that situation well? Or what happens if they're in influencing your life and now there's a negative effect there? So I just want to encourage all of us to really steward our time with our children, making sure that even when they're not with us, operate as if we are still trying to put them in the best situation and we're still trying to make the home the best that it can be. Absolutely, and I think that's so key across the board. Again, if children are sponges and they pick up and they model everything, I think we have to be cognizant from a very, very young age um, what we're doing. I know Mo and I, it was, it's hilarious, but it's so true. Um, from when we got the good news last September that we were going to have a child, Mo every single day, every single day would pray over my womb. And what he prayed, and he prays to this day, was uh, he prayed that the Lord would bless Maximus with power, strength, and authority. And he'd say it so strong, like every morning, Lord, bless my son with power, strength, and authority. 
And about three weeks in, I was like, hey, we're going to need some peace up on this prayer because <laughs> what, about, what happens when you're not around? And, and it's so true. Maximus is a very strong baby. I mean, even when he went to his two-month checkup, the doctor was like, this guy is strong. And you so know, I was over there like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's my boy. But again, we have to be mindful of what we're speaking, what we're modeling. And, and Gary and Debbie, I want to ask you this question. And Gary, I'll have you kick us off. And it's simply this. How do we, especially in today's society, train up our children and even our adult kids to learn how to hear from God and discern him both in the home, but most importantly, when they're outside of the home? Gary, what would you say to that? Sure. I know that we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but modeling, listening to God, it, letting them hear that we're trying to hear the Lord around a situation. We've had it with, the, do we sell this home or do we move here or whatever? And we've just told the, the boys that we're going to follow God no matter what. So we've let that be. Um, they understood early on that if God was going to move us, I'll use that example. Like we moved from Washington, D.C. to Wichita, Kansas, Wichita, Kansas to Atlanta. And one of the boys said, you know, when are we going to stop moving? And we said, we're, we're going to go wherever the Lord tells us to go. Yeah. And so um, you just get on board with that now. <laughs> but we were telling them we were trying to hear the Lord. And so we, we would model it as much as we can. But hearing, the, letting them hear us pray, Lord, speak to us, give us a sign, you know, the whole thing about a fleece or something like that. Um, we would always look for that. And if we found it and we believed that we were, were hearing the Lord, we shared that with them so they knew this was this is what we react, uh, responded to. Awesome. Debbie, go ahead. You can clap it up for that. Absolutely. You guys are free to clap. When something <laughs> speaks to you, clap, snap your fingers. You could stand up if you want to. <laughs> Debbie, go ahead. There you go, Gary. I would just add, of course, that that is exactly what we wanted to do. We wanted to show them what it looks like to flow in the spirit of God and be under his grace and listen well and obey well. And sometimes that's not easy, as you all know. It's um, one thing to think you've heard God. It's another to take a huge step of faith in that. And we've done uh, as much as we know to do. We have followed God, but also have tried to lay a good foundation of the word, knowing that God doesn't speak outside of his word. So even when the boys were very young, we would get the Bible out. And not every single day we tried, but we'd try to read to them and respond to the word. So what does this mean to you? And what do you feel like God's trying to say? And how does that personally apply to you? And I think as adults, it's been a great joy to watch them learn to love the word of God and use that as a very firm foundation. That's the plumb line. You, it, what, no matter what you hear, well, we, we are a family who hears the Lord in multiple ways. I know all of you do as well, but we hear through dreams. We hear, hear through each other. We hear from church and even strangers, but we're always careful to come back to the word and ask, uh, does this align with what we know to be true in scripture? That's so good. That's so good. Mo, very practically, can you just give us, at six years old, how are you instilling uh, for Emma to be able to hear from the Lord? Um, I mean, pretty simple. I just ask her, uh, what can I pray for you for, right? Um, every night, I'm like, I ask her, how can I pray for you? She's like, I want to pray over my friends. I want to pray over uh, my teachers. I want to pray over John. I'm like, John, what's this person? <laughs> um, Daddy mode turned yeah, on. He's like, hold on. Yeah, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> 
that was just, just recently. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, just knowing that, uh, you know, the prayer uh, and knowing that we can go to God for these things, right? Um, and of course, you know, just she's here, you know, have big kids, you know, um, just being intentional about the time, like in the morning, at night, just making sure that she knows that I operate with God and prayer is the way to go. Amen, amen, amen. Y'all pray for Mo while he prays for John. All right. Well, listen, as we get ready to wrap this up, I just want to just reiterate the importance of why we're even doing this today. Again, you know, there, it could have been a breakout session or we could have done it on a different time. But to do this on a Sunday morning, we're able to bring the community together to be able to hear different perspectives is so important. And I'm going to read one last scripture to us because it just really solidifies how important it is for us to parent on purpose. And the scripture that I want to read is Psalm 78, Psalm 78, and it's verses four through seven. It says this, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob, and he gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children, so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. As we hear that scripture, I think it puts a weight on us. It allows us to understand that it's not about being selfish. It's not about even me just being worried about the current state of where I am in my life. It opens us up to not just be consumers to Christianity or consumers to even the Word of God at church. But God, what are you speaking to me about where I am right now, where I might be going, and even my relationship that I may have had with my parents so that I can understand maybe even some of the things that they did when I was growing up? And so as we get ready to close today, uh, Kendra just wanted to share something in the room because we want to make sure that you know that you have a family together that sees, that cares. And as we walk through these things, again, I think all of the weeks of this series, they've hit on different things. And that's why when we're in a series, we want you to try to come or at least tune in as much as possible because everything builds line upon line and precept upon precept. Kendra, can you just kind of share in the room what you were sensing and feeling? Sure, especially during the first service, I just felt that there were people in the room, uh, couples in particular, married couples who were hearing all this parenting advice, and um, it sounded good, but but they've had their own needs similar to Mo and I. And what I wanted to do is, is speak into uh, parent uh, people in the room, married couples in particular, who have been um, asking God, who've been desirous of children, and you feel as if the, if God has just um, not heard you. Again, for those of you who've been tracking with us, you know that this has been a 10-year journey of, of hope deferred and um, having ch uh, babies in, 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 in the sense of like we had a miscarriage, and that was one of the most painful things I ever had to walk through because it was so public. We used to attend a church that had 5,000 members Sunday to Sunday, and so you can imagine people coming up to you after they heard and all those kinds of things. And I just wanted to speak hope into the room for those who are desiring to have children. I remember when um, I was at one of my lowest points, um, Chip Judd, who's a, a counselor, a Christian counselor who comes to Victory on occasion to work with the pastors to make sure that the pastors and teams are healthy. He, he challenged me. Um, I didn't even know him that well, but he said, Kendra, um, are you open to God writing a different story through you? And I didn't want to hear that at the time. 
because I was not open to the story that God wanted to write. I wanted my own story, but I am so thankful. I can say that three and a, three years later, I'm so thankful that I let God write the story. And I heard something specific for this room. For those of you who've gone through a divorce, for those of you who were in long-term engagements that broke off and you feel as if the hope of a family, the hope of parenting uh, is just a thing of the past, I heard the Lord said, believe again, believe again, believe again, dream again, that divorce is not denial. Raising a, a kid as a single parent does not disqualify you. That is, that if godly marriage is what you truly and earnestly desire, to dream again, believe again, but do not settle. Do not settle. So I just wanted to speak that in the room because I know what it's like to be in a room like this and you're hearing people talk about their wonderful children and your heart is hard because the one thing you ask God for, we head on to the name Maximus for a decade. We started talking about children when we started dating in 2009. We'd walk around the neighborhood that we live in now and call out the children's name. I'm not telling you to do that if you're dating. Um, but, but the point of it all is that there were times where I'd have to walk out of rooms like this because it hurt. I was numb. And so I don't want you all to ever feel from us that now that God has answered the prayer with our son, that we're gloating. My heart still mourns every day. I lament every day for those friends of mine and congregants here and at all campuses that reach out to say, Pastor Kendra, can you pray for me? I'm believing God yet still for my miracle as well. So, amen. I just wanted to share that in the room, that there is hope. Um, just don't let go. What I'm going to ask is, you know, in the first service, I close this out in prayer. But, Kendra, I'm going to ask you to pray for the congregation because I believe uh, there is a grace in the house. There's a grace that as we hear this type of message, as even we lean into what she just said, that God is moving, that he sees you, that he knows you. And I'm just going to ask for her to just close us out in prayer as we really solidify this word. Sure. Abba, Father, we come to you now. Just thanking you for being in the midst. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence here. And I thank you beyond any words that we could speak, that you, our paraclete, our helper, our comforter, our guide, you are translating this for every heart, even for those who will watch this by replay. Father, I ask that you pray and you cover and you bless over our families in Jesus' name. That even as Debbie said, Lord, that we'd hear from you, that you'd give us the fleece that we need to know when to move, when to be still, Father, when to redirect. Father, I pray for every married couple in this room that are raising children in the way of the Lord. Father, I thank you that even this week you're going to give them divine revelation how to speak peace in a world filled with anxiety. Father, I thank you for every single parent, dad, and every single parent, mom, that you will give them every tool that they need, Father and that you, Holy Spirit, will remind them and manifest in ways that they know without a doubt that they are not alone. Father, I pray for every single in the room today, those who are desirous of marriage, Father, and even those who feel called to be single, to come alongside those families to be of help and of service, Father, and to just serve you in all that you've called them to do. 
Father, I pray for every closed womb in this room today. Father, I declare and decree, not by power nor by might, but by your spirit, you will open wombs, Father, that you will reignite sperm, Father, even that has low count in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I bless you and I thank you that you have created a space for us in the church to talk about family, the unit that you call most significant. Father, and I just thank you for what you're doing in the earth today. And Father, even for the third and fourth generation yet unborn in this room, that will hear this message carried down through the generations. Father, I declare and decree and I ask that through the family, you build your church. You build your church, Father. Build your church. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 One last thing I want to say before we take our seats and before Pastor Tad comes up is as Kendra was praying, I heard very clearly that there are going to be some people here in the room that you were either watching online or you were here today that you need to call your parents if there is a fissure, if there's a break in your relationship because they did the best that they could do at the time. And there might be some bitterness in your heart. There might be some things that you're like, man, you left me hanging. You didn't do certain things. And I just want to say in the room that God's grace is sufficient. And so I look forward to hearing the testimonies of those who will take that step. Do it in afraid. You may have not spoken to your parents in a long time, but do it afraid and watch God move. And don't even worry about what the response might be. You step out. You be the thermostat. And I believe God is going to move. Amen? Amen. 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 Listen, as we get ready to leave off, I just want to remind you, we're right back here next week and be praying. Let's see if your prayers are strong. It might be the last week we're here at the gathering spot. So we're excited about it. We thank God for you and we'll see you next week.